This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to day seven of how to build a godly and manly foxhole. I'm your host, Kyle Thompson of Undaunted Life. Let's get into it. All right, guys, let's go over a quick recap of all the six days that we've done so far leading up to today. On the first day, we looked at the question, what makes a godly man? The second day, what makes a manly man? Third day, can you be both godly and manly? Fourth day, was Jesus a manly man? Fifth day, what is a foxhole? And then yesterday, the sixth day, why does a man need a foxhole? So quick recap, in day one, what makes a godly man? We looked at two things. One, the truth outside the self. So that's the narrative of humanity that we're all living in. And then second, the truth displayed publicly. And this answers the question, you know, what makes a godly man? And we listed those characteristics that we got from the Bible. And on the second day, we looked at what makes a manly man. At Undaunted Life, we have a definition of what a man is, and it's this. A man is a male that cultivates spiritual mental and physical resilience daily. We looked at the life of now deceased Navy SEAL Adam Brown and also Paul, specifically his second letter to his pupil, Timothy. Then on day three, we looked at, can you be both godly and manly? And of course we said, yes, you can be that. Adam Brown is a great example of that. Nehemiah is a great example of that. We spent a lot of time on those guys. And day four, we said, was Jesus a manly man? We looked at that question. And obviously Jesus is a godly man because he's God. Jesus is manly because he's the perfect man. He is a perfect man, perfectly manly in every way. And Jesus Jesus specifically cultivated spiritual, mental, and physical resilience on a daily basis. We looked at the stories of him turning over the tables at the temple, his 40 days of temptation in the desert, and so on and so forth. And then on day five, we looked at what is a foxhole. So a foxhole is a group of men that constantly push each other to cultivate spiritual, mental, and physical resilience daily. That is the definition of a foxhole. And we talked about how Jesus had a foxhole, and those were his 12 apostles. And then yesterday on day six, we looked at why do men need a foxhole? specifically Jesus had one. So that's a great reason to have one. And we weren't built to do battle alone. That was the main contention of yesterday. You're not built to go through life alone in isolation. We also looked at the story in Mark of the men helping the paralytic. And we talked about the failings. It was a great day yesterday. But guys, if you have not caught up to today, make sure you go back and listen to days one through six before you take in today's lesson. Now, today we're going over one of, if not the most common questions that I get asked. And that is, how do I build slash maintain my foxhole? How do I do that? So we're going to get really granular in this episode. Okay. There's not a whole lot of theory in this episode. This is ground level stuff. We're not hanging out at 30,000 feet today. We're going all the way down to ground level. So this is your heading for today. I'm going to put you in the right headspace. The big key is this. If you don't already have a foxhole, be the one that starts it. Let me repeat that. If you don't already have a foxhole, be the one that starts it. Most guys are just looking around like, oh man, this, this whole concept of a foxhole seems really cool. I wish I had one. Gosh, darn it. And I'm looking around and I just don't see anybody. You're the one. If you're looking around for the guy to start it, stop looking for that guy. You're the guy. You are the guy. My foxhole started 13 years ago, well before I even met these people, because one guy just said, hey, I, I think I'd like to get some guys together uh, to, you know, do some jujitsu on a Sunday night. Maybe we can start reading some books together. And then here we are 13, 14 years later, and we're still developing each other. We're, we're helping each other forge this 
spiritual, mental, and physical resilience. We're this, you know, tight knit group of brothers. You know what I mean? And if you don't already have a foxhole, put yourself in the mindset before you listen to the rest of this devotional today, that you are going to be the one that gets it going. Okay. But before we get into the specifics, I'm going to take a quick aside for any ladies out there that are listening to this devotional here. Okay. You all have a very, very specific role to play here. Because when you encourage your men to do things like this, you are the wind beneath their wings, baby. If if they see you being supportive of them trying to cultivate a foxhole, trying to get men around them that are going to do life with them, that will end up bettering not only his life, but your life and the life of your family. Don't be the anchor. Be the wind. Be the one that lifts them up. Be the one that encourages them. Now, there is a line. There is a definitive line. Like if they're gone every single night hanging out with their foxhole or whatever they're saying, that's an issue. They they have some responsibilities at home. They have some responsibilities to you. They should be taking you on dates. They should be hanging out with the kids. All those things are true. But do not be that gal. That's like, oh my gosh, are you, are you going to hang out with your friends again? You hung out with them last month. Don't be that person. Okay encourage this. I promise you, you should see some of the emails that I get from women when their men start listening to our podcast or they've, you know, read some of our content or they've built their own foxhole. They're just like, I don't know what you said to him, but he's been awesome. Right. He, he was like this ball of nervous energy and stress. And then all of a sudden he started, you know, hanging out with these guys and, you know, kind of letting loose every week and stuff like that. And he's just gotten so much better. It's been so much more pleasant being around him. The thing is, is when I read those emails, I'm not surprised in the least bit. I mean, I'm excited. I'm, I'm fully aware that that's, that's true. And that's how this all happens, but you just have to be there to support him because this is going to be great for everybody. So I'll, you know, come back to the main point today, but let's go ahead and dive in to how to build and maintain your foxhole. So there is a three-step guide I'm going to give you for how to build this and maintain it. Step one, identify. Step two, refine. And step three, maintain, identify, refine, maintain. So let's talk about step one, identify. You need to identify potential foxhole guys in your life. So I'm going to give you seven different things that you should be looking for in a foxhole guy. If if they don't really check these seven boxes, they're not going to be a foxhole guy for you. So the first thing is it's a guy that you see often. Now, this might seem a little elementary and, and it's meant to be because the thing is, if you're not seeing this guy often, that can't be a guy that's in your foxhole. Okay. So a lot of guys will think of, you know, their frat guys that they used to hang out with back in the day in college, maybe 10, 20 years ago. Some people are going to think about the old intramural softball team. Maybe it's the fantasy football league, something like that. If you're not seeing these guys on a weekly basis, minimum, this, this can't be a foxhole guy. Because the reason is so unbelievably clear, because guess what? If this person used to be one of your best friends, maybe in high school or something like that, but you don't really see him that often, maybe once a year, maybe once every couple of years, that person is not consequential to you. That they're not going to notice things in your life because they're not around you. They're not going to notice, man, he's, he's got a little chip on his shoulder right now. I wonder where that's coming from. Maybe I should, you know, pull him aside and we should have a chat about that. You're not even going to know to look for those things because you don't see him enough. So a guy you see often. Number two, a guy that is available. A guy that is available. Again, this kind of goes back to the concept of a 6 p.m. friend versus a 3 a.m. friend. If you're constantly reaching out to a guy and he's just not available, you know, hey man, let's go hang out. Oh yeah, I would, but I got this thing. I got a, I got a whatever. And then you just keep hearing that excuse from this type of a guy. 
Imagine his availability when you really need him. Because you've, you've asked him to hang out five, six times, and most guys aren't gluttons for punishment, so you're not just going to keep you know, pursuing someone like that. But if the guy's just always unavailable, that's not a foxhole guy. Number three, a guy that you've watched make improvements in their life. Because most of the men that you know, and because you know, for some of you, you may have had friends or at least acquaintances for decades or more. If they're the same type of guy now that they were when you met them, that should be a red flag for you. That's a problem. Because we should all be able to look back on who we were five years ago and be a little bit embarrassed. Like I certainly do. I certainly look on who I was five years ago and think, man, you thought that? Man, you thought that that was a good idea? You thought that shirt looked cool? Like you should constantly be striving for improvements. So these guys that are in your foxhole, you should see them improve and mature over time. That's a prerequisite for being a foxhole guy. The fourth thing, a guy that seems to always be striving always be striving. Okay. Now the important thing about this is this isn't just striving for ridiculous goals, but maybe this is a guy that's really good at working out. Maybe he's really into being in shape and maybe he's trying to get to a certain thing physically, or maybe he's trying to attain a certain goal or finish a race or something like that, but he's striving. Maybe it's a guy that used to read just a bunch of fiction books because they were easy for him. And now he's kind of digging into philosophy books. It's, it's one of those deals. Maybe this was a guy that, you know, didn't really want to volunteer at church. And now all of a sudden he's getting in there. He's getting his hands dirty. He's trying to help out. They're striving. There are way too many guys that are content with sitting around doing nothing. They worship at the altar of fancy football and, you know, major league baseball scores or whatever's going on on TikTok. They just want to relax. That's their entire life. They just want to chill. They want to get to a certain place and they want to sit in a lawn chair with a beer and just do nothing. And guys, there are good times to do that, but you shouldn't be doing that 24, seven, 365. You should be surrounding yourself with guys that are striving. The fifth thing is a guy that quickly identifies mistakes he has made and moves to remedy them. Okay. So for any of you guys that have a pride issue, which is a lot of you guys, sometimes you'll identify that you've made a mistake, but you'll hold on to it because you just don't want to say you're sorry. And I am certainly one of those guys. I don't like saying I'm sorry, but one thing that I've gotten a whole lot better at over the last several years is identifying more quickly the mistake that I've made and remedying it super quickly. So a quick example, uh, we were doing this thing basically at my foxhole. Every time someone has a birthday, basically we do something called bull in the ring. And so you essentially go, this is, you know, at a jujitsu school, you have to go one minute with everybody that's in the room and they just bring the next guy out. So once that 60 second timer goes off, the next guy comes in and you're in a bad spot and you're just, you're trying to go and you're trying to get after it. And you're just trying to survive if you're the one that has a birthday. So this is how we celebrate our birthdays. But there was one night where we had this guy who was very, very green. He, he did not have much jujitsu under his belt. He essentially had none, wasn't a tremendous athlete. And I went in there for my round with this person. And my, I, my mindset was, okay, I'm going to go as hard as I can for this one minute because we're making him better and blah, 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 and all that. And so I go in there, I'm much bigger than this person. I'm much more adept and experienced at jujitsu than this person. And I embarrassed this guy. And I was really, really rough with him. And I thought I was doing the right thing. And I got up and the next guy came in and one of my foxhole guys pulled me to the side immediately, right after the bull in the ring was done. And we shook hands and everybody was, you know, moving on to the next thing. And he's like, Hey man, that was rough. Uh, I don't know if you noticed, but you know, he didn't seem to really being enjoying that. And you know, again, it's bull in the ring, so it's not the most enjoyable thing ever, but it's like, I, I think you really kind of hurt him a little bit. Like that wasn't, that wasn't a good thing for you to do. And instead of just being like, well, man, you don't know what you're talking about. And I've done jujitsu longer than you and you don't even understand. But I just said, you know what, man, you're right. You are absolutely right. 
I went way too hard. You know, I, I got caught up in the moment. I thought that this was what we were supposed to be doing. And then I immediately went to that guy and I apologized. And then before we left that night, I apologized again. So quickly identified the mistake. I actually had a foxhole guy, you know, pointed out to me. I, I recognized the issue and I moved to remedy it quickly. If you have guys that just hold on to things, they never want to admit they're wrong. You don't want that guy in your foxhole. The sixth thing is a guy that doesn't mind confronting you or others, right? Isn't that just attached to what I just said? This guy confronted me immediately. But for a lot of guys, we're terrified of making other guys in our life angry. We're terrified of pushing chips into the center of the table and risking some relational equity with somebody to maybe tell them that what they're doing isn't appropriate. I mean, there are a lot of guys like whenever they have someone in their group or, you know, a guy that they know they're going through a divorce, they're just going to sit there and just be like, Hey man, that really stinks. Let me know if I can help you. They're not willing to potentially step into the fire and say, you know what? This is wrong. What you're doing is wrong and we need to stop it. You know, maybe, you know, a guy in your life that has had an affair or is actively having an affair. You have to be the guy to risk your friendship to say, buddy, what you're doing is wrong. It's, it's not something that I'm going to stand for. You, you can't do this. I'm not going to go to your wife and, you know, rat you out, but you're going to stop this, right? And you have to be willing to potentially come to blows with a good friend because you never know how these situations will end up. You shouldn't aim for that by any stretch of the imagination, but you need to confront the men in your life when they're doing something that is counter to what God would have them do. And the last thing here, number seven, a guy that voraciously loves their woman. So I am specifically talking about men that are married, but when you look at these men that are married and it just seems like their relationship with their spouse is kind of a roommate relationship, that should be a red flag to you. Now, there are a lot of couples that when they present themselves publicly, they don't present themselves to where everybody can, you know, look at them like, oh, they're holding hands the whole time. And oh, they're smoochy kissy. Like a lot of people don't really do that in public. But when you're intimately involved with these guys as a unit, as a foxhole, you should see some love that they're giving towards their spouse. And even when they're not around their spouse, you should see these guys saying great things about their women, not complaining about their women. There's a guy the other day that I was training with and he was just complaining about his wife the whole time. And finally it was like, buddy, I mean, I, I don't want to hear this. Tell me something nice about your wife. Tell me something you love about her. Like you should voraciously love your woman. And, and again, this is a huge key for the seven things that I just got through saying. I'll read them again here. Number one, a guy you see often. Number two, a guy that is available. Number three, a guy that you've watched make improvements in their life. Number four, a guy that seems to always be striving. Number five, a guy that quickly identifies mistakes he has made and moves to remedy them. Number six, a guy that doesn't mind confronting you or others. And number seven, a guy that voraciously loves their woman. The key here, you have to be this kind of guy as well. Don't just look for these qualities in somebody else. You need to have these qualities. If there's something on that list of seven things that you're not doing well right now, you need to fix it. And I mean, right now you need to fix it. You need to make adjustments to where that can be something that can be said of you. But now let's talk about where to find foxhole guys. And this should be pretty simple because most of you guys are going to have some sort of experience in these areas. But the first thing is potentially your family. Maybe you have some family members that could be foxhole people. Maybe it is your dad. Maybe it is your uncle. And maybe it's someone that's probably a little bit closer to your age. So that could be a brother, maybe a cousin, first or second cousin that's kind of close to you. Those could potentially be foxhole guys. Again, they need to kind of meet those seven standards that I laid out above. But look in your family. 
Also look in your church. Now I will say this, make sure you proceed with caution because I've talked about it a lot in this entire devotional where it's like the church has part of the issue as to why men don't have foxholes and why men aren't manly today. They certainly have a role to play in that. And there's a lot of guys at church that, you know, they're just, they're presenting. They show up on Sunday and they're perfectly pressed shirt and they've got their wife on their arm and ha ha, isn't everything great? And they're a mess, right? They're showing off. You know, in the community that I live in, we have, I mean, you literally can't throw a rock and not hit a church in terms of where I live in the country, but you're going to have a lot of people that are just doing it up for everybody else. They're trying to show off to everybody else. Hey, look how great I am. Look how virtuous I am. I showed up on Sunday. I might even show up on Sunday night. (laughs) And they're just going to move on with their lives. So proceed with caution. You can still find foxhole guys there, but perhaps not as many as you would think. But you can also look at the gym, the gym you work out at, or a box if you're a CrossFit person. Maybe it's a jujitsu academy. Maybe it's a Muay Thai school or a boxing school. Maybe it's some sort of a social club. Maybe it's Rotary or Toastmasters. I mean, there's tons of clubs out there like that. Maybe it's at work. You know, a lot of you guys work closely with other men. You see them on a, on a regular basis, maybe five days a week. So that's where you can find some foxhole guys. And, and there are areas that you can look that are outside of the ones I just listed there. I'm just trying to get you guys thinking in terms of the types of people that are around you, because not all of you kind of do all the things I just listed, but there are guys there that can be part of your foxhole. Okay, so that's step one. You need to identify. That's step one. Now we're going to move on to step two, which is refine. Refining your foxhole. So if you go back to day five of this devotional, when Jesus called the 12 apostles, we looked at Mark 3, verses 13 through 19. And so Jesus didn't just pick 12 random dudes. He chose these men from a larger group of disciples. That is important. It wasn't just, well, It looks like there's 12 people following me around all the time. I guess you are my guys. No, 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 no. Jesus chose these men and he chose them for specific reasons. Now, his reasons are above the reasons that I laid out above, you know, obviously. But at the same time, this is a very important thing that Jesus didn't just have the guys that were with him. He chose them because there are some people that end up around you. They end up in your foxhole and you didn't choose for them to be there. And we'll talk about how to get rid of some of those guys here in a second. But one thing that I find that's important is if you're going to be refining your foxhole, you need to know what a foxhole guy is not. Okay. And it's not just the opposite of the things I listed earlier. You need to really look and see what a foxhole guy is not. The first thing that a foxhole guy is not is a wuss, a wuss. And you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. This person doesn't have that internal fortitude that you need in a foxhole guy. The second thing a foxhole guy is not is a complainer. Someone that's always just, oh man, everything stinks. And why do we got to do this workout? Man, I don't want to read that book next. And man, why do we have to go to, you know, this place? Why can't we go to that place? Well, I don't want to eat there. They're just complaining. They're complaining about their circumstances. They're complaining about their life. You don't want that guy in your foxhole. The third type of guy you don't want in a foxhole is an excuse maker. Someone that's always got an excuse. Oh yeah, you know, I was late. I was just kind of messing around with the dog and I kind of lost track of time. Oh yeah, I would have got that project done, but you know what? I was kind of doing this or blah, blah, blah or whatever. You don't want that person. The person that constantly has an, you know, a reason for why they're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. That's an excuse maker. And a lot of excuse makers are liars. Because some of these excuses happen like, oh, hey, why are you late? Uh, there was an accident on the road that I normally use. It took me 15 minutes to get through the intersection. That's why I'm late. Okay, that, that's a realistic excuse. And that's one that we can take. But a lot of people just straight up lie. You know, they, they don't really care about the consequences. They're just going to lie to you. You don't want that in your foxhole. A fourth thing that a foxhole guy is not is a settler, right? Someone that is willing to just settle. 
Again, they get to a certain point physically and they're like, ah, I'm good with that. You know, I can run about two or three miles without dying. Why do I need to run 10? You know, I, you know, I got my marriage to a pretty good spot. You know, my wife and I don't fight as much as we used to. That seems to be okay. Ah, you know what? I'm doing okay at work. I'm just not really wanting to rock the boat. I, I think this should be fine for me. You don't want a settler. You want someone that's really, again, going back to my list a little bit, you want someone that's going to want to strive. That's someone that's always pushing. Another thing that a foxhole guy is not is an addict. Now, this can go a lot of different ways. If you have an alcoholic in your foxhole, that could potentially be a problem, especially if you struggle with drinking. If you have someone that's addicted to pornography and masturbation in your foxhole and they talk about it openly, or they're sending you links or sending you pictures in group texts or something like that, that's a problem. If you have someone that's addicted to lying or addicted to money or addicted to any number of things, that is a hard person to deal with inside your foxhole because that's going to have some different things that come out from it. And it could potentially bring down someone else in your foxhole and potentially even you. You don't want that. Another thing that a foxhole guy is not is a womanizer. That, that's something that's really important. A lot of guys think, oh yeah, they just kind of mess around and they're elbowing guys and hey, look at them. And I've talked about examples in this devotional about, hey, they're checking out the waitress or hey, look at this picture of this person I found online just now. You know, it's, it's that type of a thing. You don't want that guy, especially if you're trying to voraciously love your woman. You don't want some jackal in your life that's just basically trying to get you to cheat on her with your mind. And a lot of times when these guys have these affairs, they go on and have these, these different experiences with other women, it usually started with them not being able to control their eyes. And maybe it's because they were surrounded by a bunch of morons that were telling them to look around. Hey, you know what? Well, we're all going to go out to lunch today. Where do you want to go? And they go to a place where there's scantily clad women, right? Well, why would that be a place that you would want to be? If you're trying to uphold this Christian godly standard, you don't want that. You don't want a womanizer in your foxhole. And the last thing that a foxhole guy is not is a bum, a bum, a guy that's never working hard, a guy that's always just, you know, kind of skating by, by the skin of his teeth in terms of a workout or his job or something in his life. This guy's just a bum. He doesn't ever really want to get up. He's never available to help you out. He's never available to help anybody out. He just wants to sit on the couch and veg and eat Cheetos. That's all this guy wants to do. You don't want bums in your foxhole. Now, here's the thing. You're going to have guys that end up in your foxhole that you don't realize are a wuss, a complainer, an excuse maker, a settler, an addict, a womanizer, or a bum until they're a part of your foxhole. Maybe that's revealed about them later. Maybe that's a bad habit they developed. So I want to talk a little bit briefly about how to kick bums out of your foxhole. It's kind of a four-step process here. You confront them, you challenge them, you create distance, and then you cut them off. So confront them. Let's just kind of use the womanizing example. Let's say you got a guy that's a womanizer. He's constantly checking out girls and women everywhere that you go, something like that. You confront them. Hey man, uh, I, I know that, you know, we're guys and everything like that, but every time we go somewhere, every time we go to a restaurant, I don't know if you notice this, but you're constantly checking out the waitress. You're making comments about their bodies and it makes me uncomfortable. I don't think you should be doing that, especially since you're married with children, right? And then if it continues, then you challenge them. Hey buddy, you know, we're about to all go out and grab some drinks, but I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you for the entire night to not check out a single woman. And if you do end up checking a woman out, just don't say anything out loud about it. Like, I, I don't want to hear it. I'm tired of hearing about it. You challenge them. But if they continue to do that, then you need to create some distance, right? Maybe you don't respond to as many text messages. Maybe they want to go out and maybe you're, you just, you know, make yourself busy. You're not available that night. You kind of create some distance, right? You've already confronted them. You already challenged them. Now create distance. But then at some point, you have to cut that person off. 
So this is not something to where it's like, okay, you hate them and you're going to ignore them in public, but you have to explain to this man, hey, I've talked to you about this on many occasions. I think it's very hurtful to your spouse, what you're doing, especially if they don't know about it, but it's also hurtful to me. I'm trying to maintain a relationship with Christ and a relationship with my spouse. That is something that I can be proud of. And, you know, it's hard for me not to look at other women. So I need guys like you that are constantly checking out women and, and potentially getting me to check out women as well, you know, tempting me to do that. I can't have people like that in my life and you cut them off and then we'll see where it goes because you cannot risk your own holiness just to keep some weirdo around you, right? And this could be an old friend. This could be a really, really difficult person to cut off, but you have to do that. Okay. So step one, identify step two, refine. Now we're on step three, maintain. So this is how you maintain a foxhole. So you need to perform that regular maintenance guys. So the first thing is you need to meet with your foxhole weekly. And that's a minimum weekly. So some guys are like, ah, you know, weekly is going to kind of be hard. So what about monthly? The only problem with monthly is if you're not available that month or someone else isn't available, now you've gone two months without seeing them. And if that happens two times in a row, now you've gone a quarter of a year without seeing that person potentially. So you need to find something to do weekly, right? And that goes into the next thing in terms of maintenance is you need to do stuff. Okay. Most men's ministries are just women's ministries for men. So you don't know these people. Everyone just kind of showed up and they're like, all right, guys, we're going to break into groups of five. And then I'm going to give you a sheet of questions and you're going to talk about your feelings. Well, it kind of goes back to the John Eldridge quote that I read yesterday, where it's like, you didn't earn that circle. That's not a natural thing for men to do. Men connect shoulder to shoulder, and then they connect in a circle. You don't start them in the circle, right? That, that's something that women tend to do. They start in the circle and they're chatting with one another, but men do stuff side by side. So maybe that is jujitsu, like my foxhole. What my foxhole does is we meet on Sunday nights. We are all reading the same book. So we spend 30 to 45 minutes talking about the reading for that week. Then I usually lead everyone through a pretty brutal workout. And then we train jujitsu. And it's not just a bunch of killers in there. These, some of these people have no grappling training. Some of these people have no athletic background, but this is just something that they're doing. It's a skill set that they're trying to cultivate, but you're doing stuff together. Maybe one guy has an old muscle card. He knows a lot about working on it. So you and your guys get together every week and you get together and he, you kind of gather around the hood of the car and you're kind of looking and checking out stuff like that and seeing how you can fix things and see how you can change things out. Maybe that's what your foxhole does. Maybe your foxhole wants to get together and help out old ladies that maybe, maybe their husbands have passed away and their, their lawns have gotten a little bit overgrown and their bushes and the trees are hanging over the house. Maybe you're going to get together with some chainsaws and go take care of business. I know one thing that my foxhole did the last time we had some really severe weather in Oklahoma and there was a bunch of trees down. We got everybody together that we knew how to chainsaw and we went out and helped people out for free right? You know, these lawn companies that are making really good money during that time, like, you know, God bless them. But at the same time, we wanted to help people out that maybe they didn't have that three or $400 to have somebody cut all their trees down for them and do whatever. So my crew went out there and did that. That's something that we almost look forward to that. If there is severe weather, that's something that we're going to do. So do stuff together. Another way to maintain your foxhole is go on an adventure at least once a year, get your group of guys out of that town that you normally hang out in and go have an adventure. So one thing that my foxhole does is we will take these backpacking trips in Colorado or New Mexico or something like that. And we'll go out, you know, way beyond where, where it's comfortable, right? Way beyond the campgrounds with the RV plugins and all that. No, no, we're going way out there. Right. And that's an adventure. 
because you're driving out there and you have all the funny stuff that happens on the drive and then you get to the trailhead and then you're hiking in and then you have all your time at wherever you set up your base camp and then you have all the other activities you do. That's a nice adventure. Maybe for some of you guys, there's a different adventure in mind. I mean, that's just an easy one because for most of you, you're driving distance away from a really cool campsite. I mean, at least somewhere in the United States, there are really cool options for that. But whatever your group is into, go on an adventure with that group. Another way to maintain your foxhole is to do life together. So that means when someone's having a kid, maybe you guys get together and you don't call it, you know, a baby shower or something like that, but you're doing something to celebrate manhood, to celebrate that man and to kind of help them lead them into fatherhood or, you know, lead them into extended fatherhood because they're having more kids, right? You're, you're doing life together. Maybe there's, it's a kid's birthday party, right? And you're going to the kid's birthday parties. Maybe it's just, Hey, come on over. I'm, I'm thinking about having uh, some whiskey and a cigar on the back porch. You want to come down? You know, there, there are a lot of different options for you out there but you're doing life together. You're seeing them interacting with their children. You're seeing them interact with their spouse. You're seeing them interact with their coworkers. That's part of doing life together. Another way to maintain a foxhole, and this is going to be a little bit effeminate for some of you guys, but I promise just stick with me here. Be vulnerable. Be vulnerable. If you need help, ask for help. I know we're men and we're not supposed to ask for help. We're supposed to be able to fix it all on our own. Don't be that guy. Be vulnerable. Be willing to ask for help. If you're having trouble in your marriage and you have a guy that has a very strong relationship with his wife, you should take that guy out for a drink and y'all should, you know, talk about that. You should kind of figure out what's going on. If you're going through something mentally, if you're struggling with something spiritually, if there's relationships in your life that are going crazy, you need to meet with these men and be vulnerable with them. You know, if, if something's going wrong at work and you think you're about to lose your job or maybe your job just isn't really satisfying you anymore and you're thinking about doing something else, maybe starting your own business, be vulnerable with these guys. If you're struggling financially, if things just aren't really going well for you, you're really, really scared. It's just one of those things that's constantly in your head, bouncing around. You need to be vulnerable with guys. Don't pretend like you've got it all figured out because you don't. And guess what? Spoiler alert. They know you don't have it completely figured out. So make sure you're vulnerable. And another thing that I want to throw out there, last thing I'll throw out there in terms of maintaining your foxhole is never stop pushing one another. Ever. Never, 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 ever stop pushing one another. So if you're the guy that's the hard charger during the workouts, constantly push guys. Now, if they're injured, that's something different, but if they're just getting weak, it is your job to help make them strong. If you're the entrepreneurial type and you've got some other guys in your foxhole that are running businesses and they're just kind of slacking off or not really doing the things they need to do in order to build their businesses, you need to get after those guys. You need to see what you can do to help them push them to be better. You know, if you see guys that, that aren't really stewarding their relationships well, you need to be in that situation. If you see guys that are being nasty towards their wives or being you know, harsh towards their children, you need to be on top of those situations. You need to push those guys to be better. Always be willing to challenge. So again, guys, the three steps. Number one, identify. Number two, refine. And number three, maintain. So you might be wondering, we're this far into the devotional for today. I haven't heard any scripture yet. Well, there's only one scripture that we're going to be going over today, and it's a common one. It's one that you've heard a lot before. And that's Proverbs 27, 17. And I'm actually going to be reading the 1995 New American Standard Bible version of this one because I like it the best. But it's this. Iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. So the Benson commentary says this. This quickens his ingenuity, enlivens his affections, strengthens his judgment, excites him to virtuous and useful actions, and makes him, in all respects, a better man. Matthew Henry's concise commentary about that scripture says this, 
We are cautioned to take heed whom we converse with and directed to have in view in conversation to make one another wiser and better. And then the pulpit commentary, it's probably my favorite on this passage, says this. The writer names iron as the sharpener rather than the whetstone because he wishes to denote that one man is of the same nature as another and that this identity is that which makes mutual action possible and advantageous. I love that. I love that commentary. Because here's the thing, the process of iron sharpening iron is not a quiet, relaxing process. There are sparks flying, it's loud, it's potentially chaotic, and in order for iron to sharpen other iron, the original iron needs to be sharp. Again, I love that this commentary points out that this isn't just a whetstone. Because, you know, a whetstone is one thing and the iron, you know, maybe the knife or the sword or the axe that you're sharpening is something completely different. No, 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 no. In this scenario, we're needing men to sharpen one another. Both of them are iron. One of them might be rusted and busted up and one of them might be sharp and can, you know, chop a watermelon in half with no effort. But at the same time, those are what can sharpen one another. Okay. You know, this is a message for you guys that have maybe looked at all this devotional material and has come down to this and you're looking up at the task of building and maintaining a foxhole and thinking, man, that's a daunting task. I don't really know if I have it in me. This will likely not be easy, fellas. You should assume that it's going to be hard. Most things in life worth attaining aren't easy to attain. We all know that. Regardless of what you're thinking about, if it's hard to do, it's probably worth it to do. In order to sharpen other iron. You must yourself be sharp. Guys, I'm imploring you, be the iron that sharpens iron. Cultivate spiritual, mental, and physical resilience daily. Build your foxhole and continuously earn the right to keep it. Develop a group of godly warriors that pushes back darkness in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All right, guys, before you move on to the next thing, here are some questions for you to ask yourself. Number one, who are the foxhole guys in my life? It's a pretty simple question, pretty straightforward. If you don't have anybody to list, it's your responsibility to go find them. Number two, what are we doing as a foxhole that is helping us develop spiritual, mental, and physical resilience? So in this question, I'm assuming that you have a foxhole already, but are you developing spiritual, mental, and physical resilience? Or are you just hanging out? You just watching fights or watching games? What are you doing with that group? You should really think through that. And the last thing here, maybe the most important question that we've asked throughout this entire devotional, am I sharp enough to sharpen iron? Got to be honest with that one, guys, because if you're not sharp enough, you're not going to be able to sharpen anybody else. All right, guys, that wraps up how to build a godly and manly foxhole. Thanks for sticking with us for the last seven days. We hope you've gotten a lot of value out of this, that you've been able to look at this and create some action items for how you're going to either start a foxhole or maintain a foxhole or make your foxhole better. So we're so glad that we've been able to do that for you. But guys, content like this is what we are going to continue to put out, but we have to have your help. Okay. We're, we're not, you know, running this like it's some sort of huge, enormous organization. We need you guys to help us out. If you want more content, more devotionals like this, books, other videos, other podcasts, other items, we need you to be a partner with us, but we want to make sure that you can have access to everything that we do and that you can keep hold of it. So if you go to www.undaunted.life backslash donate backslash foxhole, you can gain access to downloading this entire seven 
seven-day series. So if you want to use it for your foxhole, if you want to use it for your men's group, if you want to use it for your church, you know, if you don't want me to come and speak it live, if you just want to do it yourself, you just want to push play, you can get access to it there. All that we're asking is for you guys to give us a donation. Guys, this took us a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of really good brains went into this to make sure that it was good, lasting, evergreen content for you and guys like you. But we need your help if we're going to continue to push back darkness. So right there, if you go to that link again, that link will be in the show notes. You can give us a donation that you feel like is commensurate with the level of value that you've gotten. Okay. You've heard me mention that, you know, I think on day three and on day five, but guys, in order for us to continue putting this out there, you've got to partner with us. Put your money where your mouth is, okay? So either become a monthly partner with us and donate to us monthly or become a one-time donor. What we are asking is that if you are going to give, please give at least $10. We want to make sure that this is something that is substantial to you, but we know a lot of you can and want to give a lot more, so you can certainly do that as well. But guys, that is all for this series. So until next time, keep pushing back darkness, keep forging spiritual, mental, and physical resilience, Keep seeking the Lion of Judah.